Welcome to Bring Your Brilliance. Are you ready to find and amplify your voice? Looking to be inspired by those who are already out there making it happen? Listen in as we shine a light on those who bring their full, authentic selves to do what they love, make no apologies, and don't try to fit into other people's boxes. With your host, Carla Taylor, who, after years of being inspired by the brilliantly shining people she was meeting, decided others need to hear these stories too. Hello and welcome to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show. I am your host, Carla Taylor. We are here on Inspired Choices Network, and today we are talking about frequency, and not in the number of iterations that you might have, but actually in terms of energy, and we are going to be talking today with our guest, Jill Lehman, with High Frequency Art. I am so excited to share about this with you today. Um, As you may know, with my company, Bring Your Brilliance, it's not just the radio show and podcast, but I also help people bring their brilliance to the world mostly through the vehicle of LinkedIn, but we do other things such as these radio interviews, and um, I help people really get clear on their authentic personal brand and who they are and what they're doing and what they're bringing to everything they do. And I have been so delighted and thrilled to have gotten to meet the amazing Jill Lehman. She's got such a strong um, light and life about her that it has been such a delight getting to know her. She does live here in the Indianapolis area where I am located, but she's got some amazing things that she is doing in this community as well as beyond and really inspiring people to understand the world differently in terms of how art and visual uh, uh, delight for your eyes, <laughs> I can't think of the right word right now, um, but how how visual communication and and the experience of the world around us really does make an impact. And I'm excited to dive into this topic today because it's something I also care passionately about. Um, I used to have a company called IdeaVise, which was a a high-tech on-demand workspace connector. And we were connecting people to different types of workspaces depending on not only where they wanted to work but how they wanted to work and it really became about workspaces and experience. So I'm excited to bring some of that into our discussion today. So let me tell you a little bit about our show. Again, it's called High Frequency Art, which is also the name of Jill's company. So do you in your life, do you want your life and your work to be operating at a high frequency? And have you ever noticed that the place that you work in has an effect on your energy and creativity? Do you feel different in different spaces and inspired around creative things and people? So this week, today, I am talking with Jill Lehman, HR executive turned original artwork consultant, local artist advocate, and workspace designer. With her rapidly growing company, High Frequency Art, Jill has helped already and continues to help raise the vibe and bring together a powerful combination of creative workspace to design with talented local artists to help showcase their work while helping them earn the visibility, fans, and income they deserve. High Frequency Art's mission is to invigorate interest in art, ignite creativity, and tune up spaces through the use of art. With Jill's unique perspective of fully understanding what employees need to do their best work 
and the role of creativity, inspiration, and innovation in workspaces. She also has the expertise, experience, and connections with local artists to select exactly the right piece to create the perfect visual workspace experience. So a little bit more about Jill. She is a Fortune 500 Global Operations and Human Resources Executive turned founder and managing consultant at High Frequency Arts. High Frequency Arts is located in Fishers, Indiana, and it puts a unique twist in the art and design world by combining her HR consulting practice and expertise in building people, corporate services, and workplace strategy with partners in design, fine art, and art therapy to create visually impactful environments while fueling art careers. Jill has a degree in agricultural economics and is a certified senior professional at SPHR in Human Resources. Under Jill's leadership, her employer was recognized as a five-time Indiana's Best Places to Work company, an Indiana Wellness Council's five-star wellness company, Indiana Internet Employer of the Year, and a Families and Work Institute, and the Society for Human Resources Management, or SHRM as some people call it, uh, Win Work Works Multi-Year Award winner. Jill was named the Indiana Chamber's 2013 Human Resources Professional of the Year and recipient of a 2013 Stevie Female Executive of the Year Bronze Award. Welcome to the show, Jill Lehman. Hi, everyone. Hi, Carla. I'm so excited to be here. And when you give me such a great introduction, I'm going to just take you in my pocket everywhere I go from now on and just have you do the intros for me. There you go. Well, it's it's powerful. Like, you are powerful. And I love it when I can read about a person and they're like, wow, like, you have done a lot and accomplished a lot. And we are definitely celebrating all that you have been able to do and are going to continue to do in this space. It's so exciting. Yeah, doesn't everyone combine a degree in agricultural economics with <laughs> a career in operations and human resources and then owning an art and business? And art. Exactly. Sure. It's, it's, it's everyone's it, it career. It all path, goes so. together. Absolutely. <laughs> well, and that's actually one of the places I love to start. I've done so much career coaching and worked with a lot of people on how they're crafting their own career experience and figuring out what really works for them. And as we all know, you know, almost no one does what they had their initial degree in. And so it's really about figuring out and exploring what you like and what you want and what's now and what's next and continuing to figure it out every step of the way. So would you please go ahead and walk us through how did you go from a degree in agricultural <laughs> economics to where you are today? Sure, sure. It's a long story, but I'll try to make it short. I grew up on a farm in northern Indiana and thought after years of working on the farm and around animals and working for a veterinarian, I was going to head off to vet school. So that's what led me to Purdue University and started, you know, all the courses in math and science and realized somewhere along the way I had taken an economics and business course in my freshman year and really, really enjoyed it. So after that first year at Purdue, I ended up switching my major into um, a economics major, but I had so many science credits and art credits that, or excuse me, science credits and agricultural um, credits in that uh, degree 
that I minored in food science and got a degree then in agricultural economics through, uh, which is now part of creative management program at Purdue. So it was a long journey wow. even thinking I was going to start as a veterinarian and go to Purdue and then ending up with a, you know, food science and economics degree. So from that experience, it led me into my first corporate America job, which was working for the Kroger company, right? after graduation and I went into retail operations and you know Kroger at the time was and still is one of the best um, companies known for their management training programs. So I went into that program which is a six-month program that really talks you and teaches you all about the business and then you become an assistant manager and then ultimately a store manager in their retail environment. So I did that, started my first store, and from there, you know, moved across Indiana, really, in different locations, different stores, and then moved to Fishers, actually, which everything in life comes full circle, because this is where I live and reside today, but was asked to open a store. It was a new concept store for Kroger, and it was in a market that was a growing market, but a challenging market because it didn't have the size and scale of population it needed for workforce. But asked to open the mm. store and hire about 300 plus employees and train them and, you know, went through that journey and trying to solve that problem, you know, looking for talent, trying to find talent in a tight labor market and, and to come and work, you know, at, at retail wages. So. You know, it, that in itself presented its own challenges for us to solve. And from there, I was asked by my division leader, who was transferring into the human resource function for the central marketing area, to come and join him in a rotational assignment in HR. And it was all around employee and labor relations and management training. And I remember looking at him saying, do you have the right Jill? first and foremost, because that's not my background at all, and I've never seen myself in the field of human resources, and, um, you know, didn't think that was something that was going to be in my career path, and he had convinced me of the experiences and what we were able to accomplish and how I approached work and the work environment and our employees, that there was something that I could teach our uh, store managers across our division and something that would work well collaborating with the local unions, which at the time a lot of the environment within the Kroger company was um, labor, with working with labor and labor unions. So I took that rotational assignment and gosh, here I am today going through a really wonderful career in human resources and everything from global HR leadership roles for what was the Kroger company and then into Nabisco Foods, which led to a great opportunity leading different HR organizations and business units across the um, ConAgra Foods. And then through mentors that I had had all the way back into my days at Kroger, um, brought me back to Indiana working with the Hillrom company and leading North America HR and some of their global infrastructure. And then, again, networks are always key. When I was deciding what I wanted to do when I grew up and my kids were younger and I wanted to get off the 24-7 global corporate structure for a period of time, I was linked to an opportunity with Ontario Systems here in 
um, Central Indiana and enjoyed a eight and a half year career leading HR and corporate services for them. And then somewhere along the way, got the bug with art and really what we were trying to do to solve our um, challenges with employees and grow employee engagement and uh, wanting to bring art into that equation. I, I struggled to find art consultants or designers that looked at and approached art um, with the strategy and the way that we were thinking about it. And I decided to go out and do it myself. And from there, just started doing it for friends and family and then decided, heck, I, I see a need for this out in our workplaces and in our work environments. And this is something that I can uniquely bring to fill a void. So that's a long, short story. <laughs> well, and I, I'm, I love it, and I'm, I'm already seeing that theme and hearing about how you kept going in for one thing and then finding an opportunity or having that strategy or that vision of what could be next or a different way to, to, to come at it, or, or you know, going from even the ag stuff to the economics to the all the different ways that you've already shared that you did in your career, but then what you were able to see as this need for art and the way that you saw it is part of, I think, what makes you so powerful. So we're going to go ahead and take a break right now, but let's pick up there when we get back and hear more about then diving into the art world from such a powerful HR background with so many major, amazing global companies that you really did have an experience that very few people, even in HR, get to have. So I want to talk about even how that might have affected your viewpoint as well. So again, this is Carla Taylor. We're talking with Jill Lehman of High Frequency Arts here on the Bring Your Brilliance radio show on the Inspired Choices Network, and we will be right back. We all have a personal brand. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. What if you knew how to clearly and confidently communicate your value in a compelling way? Tune in to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor to discover the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to get started and keep growing. Are you ready to make your mark? Learn how to bring your brilliance by listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email become a host at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor. To join today's conversation, call in the U.S. at 815-880-8255 or Canada at 613-800-8736 or Skype at Inspired Choices Network. Or ask a question or send a comment by email at bringyourbrilliance at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. 
Welcome back. We are here on the Inspired Choices Network. We're on the Bring Your Brilliance radio show. I am your host, Carla Taylor, and we're talking with Jill Lehman of High Frequency Arts. And Jill, I love the story that you just shared with us about the different ways that you continue to see things that maybe you didn't actually fully know about, but you figured it out as you got into it. Um, you talked about it from your degree and from moving into a new air arena even at Kroger and then all of the different twists and turns that you've taken and continuing to grow in what you were doing with HR. And then let's pick up where you left off. So you were talking about looking at the needs of the employees and the needs of the workspace and trying to find some really awesome ways to create that innovative creativity around them and not finding that. So let's talk a little bit more about that first and then where you've taken it from there. Sure, sure. Somewhere along the way in my career in, in human resources and, again, trying to always solve problems around talent, whether it was in the retail environment or in, in supply chain manufacturing, medical device, technology, it doesn't matter what um, industry that you work in, it's a challenge. And the way that we have to think about work and the way work is evolving from more of our industrial days to now more of the creative work and the creative mindset is even shifting on us. So our strategies always have to change with that. And there is no cookie cutter solution for any organization. It's, and part of it has to be a little trial and error. And you know, when you work in you know, environments like I did in retail where you are exposed to hundreds of retail locations and in and out of those locations helping with employee relations and labor relations issues and then you know, duplicating that in my time with ConAgra Foods in hundreds of manufacturing locations and corporate environments, you know, you start to see patterns of things. You, you know, you start to see things at, at a different level of, you know, one of the stories I always tell is, you know, we would have a manufacturing plant and two even in the same large city sometimes. And they're the same organizations, right? They have access to the same um, services within a corporation and resources within the corporation, you know, a lot of the, the things that are, are challenges with talent in a labor market, especially if they're competing for talent in a, in a labor market within, you know, the city. And you could go in one environment and they had really good employer relations, they really um, strong retention rates, really solid um, performance and and goals and delivery, um, high customer satisfaction scores, you know, low safety accident incident scores. Um, you would go in, you know, everything was clean, well organized, well taken care of, and then you could go just down the, you know, road a, a few miles to another location and have a completely different experience. And that's where I started to really study and catch on to this whole workplace environment thing. And it wasn't just the manager 
and the manager is a critical, critical component of it. And the manager is what Absolutely. really ultimately helps create that environment. But it is the holistic environment that we create around it, around our people. So this is where, you know, I became someone who would go into the break room and open up the microwaves and, and things like that to see how clean they were. All right, and go in the bathroom mm-hmm. and see how clean the bathrooms were. I would go out into our, our service and our delivery trucks and in our transportation area and walk those trucks and actually open the doors and go in the trucks with the employees. And it was an interesting thing. If if a you could see, you know, if a truck was well-maintained and it was clean on the inside um, and you were walking with a technician and, and they would tell you about their truck and they would tell you about how they care for it and how important it is as a piece of equipment um, in what they do, you know, and you saw clean break rooms, clean restrooms, you saw um, things that worked and were in working condition, you know, you, you saw really strong positive results with those things where you would go in these other environments, you know, the same environment that had the dirty break room and the dirty bathroom had the dirty truck and had, you know, very dissatisfied employees and, and workforce. So that well, became yeah, the rudiment of the conversations for me. It's such a different feeling. And we all know this if we walk into a really clean space that's open and spacious and beautiful and it feels so, so different than walking into the other way you were describing where things aren't well-maintained. And I mean, it's almost, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but the difference between walking into like a high-end car dealership where everything's sparkly and shiny and feels great and looks great, and that's why they spend so much money actually on the showroom, not just on the cars themselves, because it's a very different experience than when you go into a small, dingy, you know, whatever. And those are extreme examples that I'm using, but it really does make you feel physically different when you're in those different spaces too, I think. So, um, yeah, you you firsthand got to work, you know, directly with the employees, and I have a background in this too, and I know the other day when we were talking, we could geek out on that part all day long about how the employee experience and employee engagement is affected by the environment. Absolutely. When you look at employment drivers, too, you know, I put my HR hat on. Those key things that drive and motivate employees, you know, we talked about it. it's the people, it's leadership, sure, the recognitions and rewards, how we communicate and give feedback, um, how we develop their careers and create that, that purpose and, and meaning and, and build their trust, but it's also around that physical work environment and how jobs and work is approached. And, you know, when you think of then cutting it to the next level with millennials, you know, the millennials too, you know, they really, really want areas where they can have a a physical work environment and a work and job approach that allows them to be more expressive with their creativity, um, that allows them more flexibility. And when you think of all these things, um, these are the things that started triggering art and the use of art within those environments. Well, and the aesthetics and the colors and all of the things that come into play when you have not just a clean and, and welcoming space, but then having 
different creative things around you that sparks creativity makes you start thinking that way yourself and there's been so much research and that's part of why you know art therapy is used in different things it's it's so powerful we're such visual thinkers and most people even learn visually and and it's communic there's so much more communicated through what we see even than what we say or hear or anything else that it's such an important element to our experience anywhere we are it is it's you know that the fish that that physical environment is really very multidimensional you know i think of it it's three-dimensional and when you think about that employee engagement you know the, the key things are things that connect physically with their hands things that connect you know engagement and emotions with their heart and then you have to connect mm -hmm. them you know very intellectually with their head and right. when you're working with a creative class and you're moving more to a creative class, you know, visual is very, very important for them and visual communication and the elements associated with it. It's powerful. I mean, you're talking about things that drive emotions and memory and processing, our imagination, our, mm -hmm. how we react and our impressions. I mean, these are, when you think about it, the first impressions we make for a potential client or a potential, you know, uh, talent or candidate we're bringing into our organization. Um, th these are critical. It is. And, and you know, the, the world has been changing and changing and changing so much and so fast. And we are now in the midst of what we used to talk about as the war on talent of as more and more people retiring and there's more and more, you know, people needing different talented people for different things and it's a really great market for the the people who have the work to give so the people who want the workers have to compete even more and have reasons for people to come and stay and want to be in that space and then the other part of this is innovation is king like you can't survive nowadays if you're not innovating and people are desperate for how do we spark more creativity? How do we create this innovation environment? I've created all kinds of leadership development courses and strategy and visioning and innovation days and all sorts of things. And it's such a topic of conversation with employers and with the people that they work with and, like you said, even with their clients and making sure that they have this this vibe of of this pulse of energy and we are on the forefront. We are part of the cutting edge. We are part of this. We're not going to be gone tomorrow because we know what's happening and we're a part of it and all of that spoken through the environment of what you could say one thing but if you're in this not great space it's kind of falling flat and and I have been around so many different organizations who are understanding this even to a different level than it used to be about how important that creativity and innovation truly is to convey to their employees and to their clients. It is. And then there's this whole other area that's all around the health and the wellness. So, you know, mm -hmm. one of the things that we're challenged with our organizations, too, that more and more we're seeing, you know, when you're an HR executive or just an executive and you're trying to manage your business, manage your costs, manage some of the challenges you have around talent, the cost of health care continues to escalate and there's very very few things sometimes we feel like we can do to control it 
But when you look at the categories of where we are spending the most money here in the U.S. today, um, one of the top areas that we are spending when it comes to pharmaceuticals, when it comes to treatments, are things that are related to stressors, anxiety, depression. And when you really study some of the values that art can bring to an individual, it is a therapeutic mm. process and delivery mm. system that helps in the reduction of those things. So not only does it help with some competencies, but it also helps with reducing those stresses, anxiety and, and depression and, and just the clutter that is filling our minds today, even in this technology age, you know, the fast paced, That's uh, such you know, a great always point. on the go. Yeah, I love that you brought that up because that's also such a huge component of all of this. Well, I can't wait to talk more about this. We are going to go to break right now, and I can't wait to dive more into the art side of this and shifting then from what the employees and employers and people need into more about the art side as well. So, again, my name is Carla Taylor. We are listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show. This is my guest, Jill Lehman, with High Frequency Arts. We're on the Inspired Choices Network, and we will be right back. We all have a personal brand. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. What if you knew how to clearly and confidently communicate your value in a compelling way? Tune in to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor to discover the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to get started and keep growing. Are you ready to make your mark? Learn how to bring your brilliance by listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Do you struggle to answer what do you do because you do many different things? Do you want your future clients to know, like, and trust you? Do you want to make LinkedIn work for you? If you're ready for extreme clarity and confidence with opportunities flooding your LinkedIn inbox, Carla Taylor's Bring Your Brilliance Coaching Masterminds and Workshops give you the exact steps to get it done. Don't have time to do it yourself? Carla's LinkedIn Content Ghostwriting Service is exactly what you need. Schedule your free consultation today at bringyourbrilliance.as.me or go to bringyourbrilliance.net. This is the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor. To join today's conversation, call in the U.S. at 815-880-8255 or Canada at 613-800-8736 or Skype at Inspired Choices Network. Or ask a question or send a comment by email at bringyourbrilliance at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. My name is Carla Taylor. We're here on Bring Your Brilliance on the Inspired Choices Network. And I am so excited to be bringing all sorts of great new things that we're doing. In the year 2020, I've had so many people asking me about how they can bring their brilliance and what I can do to help them. And I have actually created some really fantastic offerings based on very specific requests from my clients. And so this year we've actually launched 
a three-part workshop series that is focused, first part is on your LinkedIn profile, second is on your LinkedIn page, and the third is on your LinkedIn content. You can go to any one of them or all three of them, depending on what you need. I will be running those throughout the year. They're both here locally in Indianapolis, but I'm also getting ready to launch our online versions. I'm doing some master classes on LinkedIn. I just finished one for this amazing organization called Hive. And I'm also launching a mastermind group that will launch at the end of February. It's going to be a very small group. It's going to be very much digging in and working really powerfully for six weeks on bringing your brilliance and being able to do the things that you want to do. So I'm excited to share about that as well. And you can reach me through bringyourbrilliance.net. You can schedule a free 15-minute conversation so we can figure out what fits for you and what you need at bringyourbrilliance.as.me, bringyourbrilliance.as.me, so it's bringyourbrilliance.as.me. And I love talking with people and helping them figure out their brilliance and how and where to bring it. And Jill, you are absolutely bringing your brilliance in this incredible way that you've put together a need in a place where you found a gap. Tell us where people can find you after the show and how can they connect with you. Sure. Uh, the best place to find us is you can reach out to us on our website, which is highfrequencyarts.com. You can call us directly, um, 317-585-ARTS. Nobody uses the phone, though, anymore, but we've got it if you if you want it. You can uh, <laughs> touch base with me on... You can touch base with me on LinkedIn at, at Jill Lehman, or you can connect with us on Instagram at, at highfrequencyarts.com, or excuse me, at highfrequencyarts on Instagram. And in case someone's listening and not seeing the spelling of your last name, would you mind to spell that for us real quick? So it's L-E-H-M-A-N. Awesome. Thank you. So yes, Jill, the way that it sounds J-I-L-L and then L-E-H-M-A-N if you were looking for her on the social media, that sort of thing. And you've got, if you're here locally in Indianapolis, there's a very exciting show coming up soon, is there not? There is. So one of the things that we do is curation of different art shows and art exhibits, and we do have one coming up at Sexist Avenue. On the artist opening reception will be February 20th from 6 to 8.30 p.m. And for those who don't know it, Saks and Keystone at the Crossing. It's really cool. Not all Saks stores have this, but it's one of the few across the country that does have a art gallery where it um, every month rotates out different art collections and we're a guest curator for them. For February. So we've got some really amazing artists in the show, and the show is really featuring um, art and in a theme that we're calling Out of Bounds, which is all about the, you know, the, the movement um, in this new era of artwork and culture. So join us. It'll be a great event. You can see more information about it on our website or out on Eventbrite. And I will be there, so come on out. Yeah, I can't wait. So let Wonderful. me help us now move to, you talked about you started personally looking for things while you were inside the companies trying to figure out how to make it better. So what were some of your first questions that you were asking trying to find the right pieces of art? Sure. Well, you know, you start out with all good intentions. And one of the things I realized is when I wanted 
to solve problems and be creative or when I needed to refresh my energy and kind of clear out my mind. I always went to my home office to work or when I was traveling and I'm out and about or in my free time, I would find myself in art galleries and in art museums. And I never really made the connection of why those things really inspired me and gave me some fresh perspective or why I went to my home office when I needed to, to you know, refresh and, and challenge myself creatively and, and critically thinking, but it was because there was art exposed there. And art um, makes you, it, it creates a reaction, you know, it, it can create, it mm. creates a visual. And I'm a very, very visual person. So having those things around me um, were, whether I realized it or not, um, were making me um, put myself in the mode that I needed to be in for critical thinking, creativity, and energy. So when I started to bring it into the, when wanted to bring it into the workplace, um, it, it was challenging. Uh, so you started re- recognizing. Yeah, I, go ahead. Oh, sorry. So you started recognizing for yourself the effect it had, and then realizing you wanted to bring more of that into the workplace. And then, what did you? How did you start trying to navigate to that? Sure. Well, first I started by you know asking, hey, does anyone you know know any artists? And um, then I quickly realized that I got flooded with uh, you know my cousin's an artist, my my son is an artist, <laughs> and you know I got all these people coming to me. And then I, I realized, hold on, I need to step back because you know what was the strategy on the art we were going to use? Because that's how I plan every you know thing that we're looking to do. Hold on, what what are we trying to achieve here? What's the outcome we're looking for? What's the strategy around achieving that outcome? And then how do we go about delivering it? And when I put that hat back on in the form of art is what made me stop asking, hey, does anyone know an artist? It led me to starting to talk to people who I thought could help me with it strategically. And I went out to, you know, people I knew in the design community started talking to them and, you know, they they gave me some great ideas, but really it, it was more of, you know, we have a few artists or here was a catalog of art that was available or we kind of talk about art when we get to the end of the project. Or um, so then I started to talk to some individuals from a traditional art consulting standpoint and they would talk about, well, what are you trying to achieve with your collection? And you know, talking about it as an asset in the organization with, you know, the, the, uh, a value for a kind of a collector and from an asset-based collection. Like an investment. And uh, so that, right, and so that didn't really resonate with me either. So I couldn't find anyone who was talking about it in the manner in which I felt we needed to be talking about it just like any other strategy around people and environment we were working on. So that's what led me to take a deeper dive into it myself and go again and look back at our our people strategy and our environment strategy first and foremost and then start mapping it back and searching for art and artists that fit that. 
that's so great. So, and like you said, there were people coming at it from the investment side, or people coming at it from my brother's an artist side, or you know all the different ways that people traditionally think about art. But I love that you saw that as a piece that was missing, and like you said at the beginning of the show, you realized there was a huge opportunity there for you to step in and fill that gap. And I am, and I, I'm a natural born, you know, cre- you know, creative. I think I've been creative and, and loving to solve problems and puzzles since I was a kid. So, it, mm. you know, I've always said that, you know, in every job I've ever had, the goal is always to have continuous learning and to challenge myself into different ways of thinking. And, and you know, although I had used art in my personal life and personal space, I had not used it to challenge me and to help me solve problems in the workplace. And that was just something that, you know, I became really like anything else. I started digging into it and reading about it and studying it and talking to artists and um, just really just fell passionately into what I'm doing today. Mistakingly, That's by so amazing. you know, but passionately. Yes. So, so you mentioned this a little bit. You so you to kind of get yourself then up to speed on the art world. You, you mentioned that you already had a background in. Um, was it collecting art as well, or how, what was your background coming into this? And then, what were some of the? You talked about talking with artists, but what were some of the other things that you explored to really get up to speed on what you needed to know in the art world too? Sure. Sure. So I've been a collector and have collected art for many, many years. You know, as a young, you know, child, I spent a lot of time in the arts and, you know, art classes were probably some of my favorite when I, you know, I was fortunate to travel across the country and across the globe. And whenever I am out traveling, spending my time, I've always been in art museums and art galleries. I'm a natural inquisitive and probably my HR background interviewer of people. So I love to hear people's story and learn about why they're artists and why they do the work that they do. I started to study um, a little bit more about the mind and our brain and uh, you know the difference between our right brains and our left brains and and how you know the the, the greatest balance of our uh, you know, abilities and successfulness and, you know, critically thinking is when we you know, can balance across the two. I started to study art therapy. I started to read articles around, you know, art and art in the workplace and art and art therapies. I talked to doctors even um, that I, I volunteered in art galleries. So I just started to soak up as much as I could on a topic that became just very interesting to me and I started to see the connections and, and make those links back to people and, and and culture and environments in our workplaces. Wow. So you really truly immersed yourself in that whole world and got so many different perspectives. So you could really it sounds like understand it from the inside out, which is awesome. And I want to talk a little bit more about that. We mentioned the global thing, too, and I want to ask you a specific question about how or if that has affected your perspective 
We're getting ready to go to break. We'll come right back to pick this up where we're leaving off here with Jill Lehman with High Frequency Arts. My name's Carla Taylor. We're here on the Bring Your Brilliance radio show on Inspired Choices Network, and we will be right back. We all have a personal brand. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. What if you knew how to clearly and confidently communicate your value in a compelling way? Tune in to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor to discover the tools, resources, and inspiration you need to get started and keep growing. Are you ready to make your mark? Learn how to bring your brilliance by listening to the Bring Your Brilliance radio show every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Do you struggle to answer what do you do because you do many different things? Do you want your future clients to know, like, and trust you? Do you want to make LinkedIn work for you? If you're ready for extreme clarity and confidence with opportunities flooding your LinkedIn inbox, Carla Taylor's Bring Your Brilliance Coaching Masterminds and Workshops give you the exact steps to get it done. Don't have time to do it yourself? Carla's LinkedIn Content Ghostwriting Service is exactly what you need. Schedule your free consultation today at bringyourbrilliance.as.me or go to bringyourbrilliance.net. This is the Bring Your Brilliance Radio Show with personal branding and LinkedIn strategist Carla Taylor. To join today's conversation, call in the U.S. at 815-880-8255 or Canada at 613-800-8736 or Skype at Inspired Choices Network. Or ask a question or send a comment by email at bringyourbrilliance at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Bring Your Brilliance Radio Show. I am Carla Taylor. We were just talking before the break with Jill Lehman of High Frequency Arts. She was sharing with us how she saw the need, and then once she saw it, she really dove all the way in to understand and learn and hear from the different perspectives of of doctors and art therapists and artists and and all of the different factors that come into play when you are bringing art into an arena that maybe it hasn't even been before or even places where it has, but you know it's really needed. And so I love that you went to that depth to learn all of those things. And we talked a little bit, too, about your global perspective. And I wanted to ask you a question about that because I know for people who've never traveled, they might have more of a limited view on not just the art itself, but also how people operate all over the world. And you got to have both of those as well with being an HR, a global HR executive for giant corporations working with people all over the world, as well as having that global travel that you mentioned and being able to see art from all over the world. So do you think that comes into play or has affected things with how you're approaching all of this? Sure, absolutely it does. You know, when you think about different cultures and even different cities, some of the you know most highly um, you know economic developed cities, uh, uh, art and thriving art communities are critical components of that. When you look at many cultures across the globe, 
art is such an integral piece of their culture and, and is just prominently displayed through all aspects of their life and business. So absolutely, I, I think I have gotten to see and experience and continue to learn in that arena every day. That's so awesome. And yeah, and art really is also a universal language that no matter what language you speak, it can speak to you in so many layers and levels as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's really endless when you when you really start diving into what art can bring into our lives and into our our workplaces, in our business environments, in our you know patient care environments. That we are not thinking of it in the same levels that we. I think can and should be thinking about it to really unlock the value. I think today we still think of it in, in many ways as just decor here. And we have to move it past decor into a strategy. Yeah. And I'm sure there's people listening at this point who are like, okay, I'm an artist. How do you work with artists? And and somebody who's saying, well, I have a company that wants art. How do I work with you? What is it that you can do for me? Can you tell us a little bit about both sides of that? Yeah, so one of the things I love to do is I love to help organizations do a couple things. One is cure what I call empty wall syndrome, and that is we have invested a lot in our spaces to put together, you know, these collaborative spaces, these highly, um, you know, open spaces, and we've left our walls blank, and walls are the greatest real estate we have um, when we think of the square footage in our our organizations and, and that when I talked about the multi dimensions of your environment. So it, we help you put your strategy and it's usually a lot of the times for a lot of our clients, it's kind of their phase two interior design. They did the phase one um, with their architects and with their designers and, you know, they've refreshed their budgets. It's year two, it's year three, and now they want to invest in art and, and things on their walls. Another is helping people with either, you know, it, they are just starting to go through their projects and they, they've got, they need a refresh. So we talk about what we want to accomplish and the strategy around that and what they have in existence today that can work and, and what we need to change out. We also look at it from all of the visual elements and aspects. So. Um, while I do work with original art, I really try to also help them think about the other visuals in their space. So what can we do to bring your vision, mission, and core values to life? And we help graphically design and create visual displays that showcase those um, pieces of your organization. We also help um, create or refurbish artwork. We, you know, we just did a project where someone handed us vintage prints from the 70s that hadn't been refreshed but were very critical and important to them and their history and legacy and asked us to figure out a way to redesign them and modernize them. So we help, you know, take old and bring it to life and modernize it too from an art perspective. Wow. Uh, we help with signage and, and, and other visual displays. So it's kind of the full, and we do everything from the consulting to design, procurement, and then you know, delivery and install, depending on what your need is. Most of our clients like the full service because it's stress and hassle-free. 
but we can uh-huh. take you from the beginning of strategy all the way to finishing the hanging of the pieces on the wall. That's amazing. So it sounds like there's all sorts of opportunities. So would you say that you really only work with people who have really high, big budgets, or can you work within different budget levels? And even if you don't have a big budget, you still might be able to help them. Yeah, we work with all different budget levels. And a lot of the times the clients don't even have the budget. They ask us to help them with the strategy, and then they work their way into what the budget looks like in the end. So it's all over the board. So if you need help and you need to know what to do, call High Frequency Arts. <laughs> Absolutely. We'd be, we'd be glad. And I do a one-hour consultation um, free for just for you to understand a little bit about what we do. And, you know, I try to learn a little bit about what you're trying to accomplish to see if, if it's something we can help you with or we can steer you in the right direction to where you might want to go. That's awesome. And what about the artists? Do you work with any kind of artist? Are you fairly limited in genre? Or what would you say to artists who are listening and curious? Yeah, we work with all kinds of artists. You know, what we do is we like to have a a nice, robust network of artists. You know, a lot of our clients on the commercial side do pull to more contemporary or abstract work, but we really work with artists for whatever the client's projects and client's needs are. So, So that's we, you know, we like to be introduced to you. We like to know who you are, um, and then that keeps us and having you in our database. So when projects come up, you know, maybe your work fits that project need. Well, and I love what you and I have talked about previously too about how you're helping artists really get that visibility, that recognition, and even the money that they should be having from doing their art. Art's not just a hobby or a nice to have thing, and it is something that takes such extreme talent that people really can and should be paid for, and you're helping with that too and meet that huge felt need as well. Yeah, that's another piece I'm passionate about, and I think that pulls to my art and career coaching side. And, you know, artists having professional careers, just like any other, um, you know, job or, or industry or duty, you know, helping them be professionals and make a, a living at it. And when we have thriving artist communities and thriving artists, we... So, we yeah, you're, you're helping them bring communities. their brilliance to the world, just like we're bringing the brilliance on this show. I know we're completely out of time. I'm sorry to cut you off, but thank you so much for sharing your brilliance of helping these artists and helping these companies and bringing brilliance to... Thanks for listening to another episode of Bring Your Brilliance with Carla Taylor. For the latest updates and info on personal branding, please follow and interact with Carla Taylor on LinkedIn. And be sure to visit www.itstimetobringit.com. Join Carla Taylor every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Mountain, and 7 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com.